0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest, the greatest edition of Nick's Nonfiction. Here with your host, Nick Munez. Today on the show, we have got Tucker Carlson's I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell, Tucker Max. He basically is a young, southern, preppy Tucker Carlson. What is going on with young women and their pussies? Why have they stopped breaking it down sexual style? Who is left to blame but the libs? That's right, we're going Million Bit Munez today, because it is a show about one-night stands. What does a robot do on a one-night stand? Nuts and bolts. (laughs) How are one-night stands like saving accounts? You make a deposit, withdraw, and then lose interest. I'll be here all week. From waking up in bushes to bar fights, breathalyzers, betting babes... Tucker Max, he's seen it all. This irreverent New York Times bestseller, it set records, there set. There's no standard for what a bestseller is. I hate this. <laughs> this book has sold over 4 million copies, translated into Chinese so Mandarin people can know how we party. Tucker Max is a guide light for bro blogs. He gave fratire a place on the internet. Frat satire. He walked so that you can run, ladies. Now you can have a hoary podcast about all the guys you boned because Tucker printed his smut in a book. This genre, it's only growing. Since the early 2000s, we've seen TFM come and go. Bro Bible, the chive. Barstool is at its height right now, maybe on a downswing. They're all riding a cresting wave of nut shots, binge drinking, fawning over females. Dogs. <laughs> like, I would say TikTok is today's Playboy. These websites are promigulating hot girl culture. I'm not about this simping. This is why I picked a book about one-night motherfucking stands, baby. We're taking the analytical view of Slinging Dick. And he's one of the four founding fathers of bro blogs. Tucker Max, I'll say my prayers to you tonight. He's going from short stories to selling out on book tours. that seriously has a good arc. Of a book. And we're gonna hit rock bottom today. (laughs) Fart humor. Throwing up binge drink you know where we're going with this, so save your me toos. (laughs) It's a seriously dark one. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Thrown in a chaw for this one about the author Tucker Max. That's not to be confused with the Tucker Maximum Security Prison in Arkansas. It's a funny joke. He was born September 27, 1975 in Atlanta, Georgia. He's an American author and public speaker. This guy is still active. He launched his website in 2000 where he chronicled drinking and hookup stories. That's Wikipedia. <laughs> the book was a runaway bestseller. He made it into a feature film of the same title. I hope they serve beer in hell. And that completely bombed. It was a $7 million budget. He made 1.5. Yeah, that's what Total Frat Move did as well. When they tried to make a movie, it destroyed their brand. He grew up in Lexington, Kentucky. Went to the Blair Academy, and then uh, went to University of Chicago for his law degree. Duke Law School as well. Couple degrees out there. He's a little Southern rich kid, but he's got good hookup stories. He wrote the definitive book of pickups. <laughs> He wrote, in 2003, Debauchery, the Tucker-Max stories. 2006, Comedy Central came for him with a project, and it was canceled because uh, I think it was one of like the Miss Universe girls was saying, that story is about me in the book. And so Comedy Central got cold feet. <laughs> January 2012, Max claimed he was leaving behind the party lifestyle. <laughs> 2017, he ghost-wrote Tiffany Haddish's memoir, so I'm saying he's still behind the scenes writing books. He wrote a couple New York Times bestsellers since. So there you go. You guys learned about Tucker Max now. Just know a dumbass slapstick has a blue humor I guess today. This guy created an entire genre. And there's something that you could learn about the book business with it. Be right back after a word from our sponsors. Chapter 1, The Sushi Pants Story. Tucker starts his million book bestseller with a claim. Red Bull is man's most dangerous invention. Secondly, the portable alcohol breathalyzer. The breathalyzer, it's not the crime that's dangerous, it's getting caught. <laughs> Waiting at a restaurant for his group of friends to show up, it's 9 p.m., Tucker slams two vodka sodas. Said he wouldn't have drank them so fast had there not been two large breasted ladies in front of him. he orders his third, and he blows a .2 on the breathalyzer. This guy's got a tolerance. He shows it to the busty Jewish moms next to them, orders a few vodka sodas to go around. By 9.30, he says, I'm the center of attention at the bar, and I'm loving it. 45, six of his friends show up. They're not even at the main bar yet. And they get two hot girls approaching their table, asking about DUIs. Hey, why do you guys have a breathalyzer? Can I try? The best thing always bring some sort of a novel item to a bar. A female will try to steal it. He's slamming more vodka sodas. He orders a double. The conversation is shifting energy with these chicks, and he has to get the attention back on him. He's saying, "He's like a man slut. It's hilarious." He goes, "You're so open-minded, ladies." Your brain is leaking out of your ears. <laughs> By 10.15, he's no longer legally able to drive a vehicle in the state of Florida. I thought their BAC would have been a lot higher down there. Still .08. Tucker, he said he once went to the ER for drinking whiskey. <laughs> you know, you die at .35. I've been hospitalized at .33. Yes, I've seen the other side. God told me to come back and drunken and drive. 11 o'clock, they finally get to the main bar they wanted to go to. It's a sushi restaurant. <laughs> so he orders a couple sake shots, and he's at a .15 by 11.30. I worked at a sushi r- restaurant. I don't know why people go there to get drunk. We would bring a DJ in on Saturday nights, and then I weaseled my way into that position. Yo, I'm going to re-download mix and move to Miami. Anyway... He blew a .17, and the sushi managers uh, threw him out of the restaurant. So I think you're not allowed to drive at .33. You're not allowed to be in public at .2. That's when uh, bouncers start breathing down your neck. Get one of those pocket keychain breathalyzers. I think that could save some lives this episode. One of his friends blew a .22, and Tucker responds by ordering him a Bacardi 151 shot. (laughs) That's that double, that's that good good. Joe Biden. <laughs> Alright, we're going rando soundboards for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Joe Biden. One eighteen in the morning. Tucker wakes up to a light in his face. He's pantsless and bloody in a pricker bush. The five O is after him. The cops, they're checking his uh driver's license. They're telling him to put his pants back on. Maybe go back inside the restaurant. <laughs> It's only 1.18. The night is still young, Tucker. He goes back inside, and another guy blew a .26. He wakes up in his car at 8.15 a.m. That's the end of the experience. But what the hell? How did I get here? He just time-traveled. 8.22 a.m., he blows a .9. (laughs) So he drives home anyway. Top five drunkest. Avoid this at all costs, he says. Like the drunkest time this drunkard has ever had. He's starting his book saying don't drink and drive. Or do. (laughs) (laughs) He doubles down in the first chapter. We got another story. Alright, we got a situation. Yo, that was my shit. That was the easiest way to get a laugh in the classroom. When a teacher starts yelling at someone on the other side, you go under your breath. Alright guys, we got a situation over here. April of 1999, a legendary night in the making. Tucker and four of his boys hit the town. Golden Boy, Brown Hole, Credit, and Hate. (laughs) They meet up at 7 o'clock. El Bingaroso, another auxiliary character, is going to drop in. Tucker is saying, I'm going to remain sober and try to keep an eye on everyone. That's like Augustus Gloop trying to landscape the candy room. Come on now. Regardless, Tucker is keeping a buzz the entire time and mostly keeping an eye on the single women at the bar. He's leaving the pregame, and hate is ready to tussle already. He's boxing stop signs, hitting mailboxes off the stem. They all just spent two hours with Jim Bean at the pregame. This is a rowdy group of fellas. Brown, hole, and golden. They're swerving down the sidewalks. They paid a $2 cover to a girl in a cowboy hat to get into a bar. She was pretending to be a bouncer. That's some fun activities. And they should have taken bird scooters. That's the new pregame activity. They go to the old roadhouse. It's a bar with a wrestling ring in the middle. (laughs) Tucker and the boys, they're throwing singles on girls that get into the ring to wrestle. The bouncers nearly kick them out as soon as they get there. They stick to their guns. There's a redneck, 8 inches taller than hate. They're looking eye to eye. Boy, this bar ain't big enough for two of us. Hate calls them an inbred. And the rest of the cowboys chirp out the group of preppy southern drunks. They challenge them to a mechanical bull riding competition. We got a number one victory royale. Yeah, Fortnite, we about to get down. Who are you rooting for? <laughs> Obviously, the cowboys win the bull riding competition. So El Bingeroso takes the competition outside. Hate gets mobbed really quick outside. He finds one of the guy's cars. It was a horse, and he breaks the cowboy's horse's legs. It's a full-out fucking bar fight, a saloon. There's a guy in the corner. He's playing the old-timey piano. Whiskey bottles are getting smashed over Tucker's head. Bloody noses are dripping onto polo shirts. Tucker is trying to pull Golden Boy out of the lock hole that he's in. A classic bar skirmish. And then Brown Hole yells, He's got a gun! Oh, great heavens! He's got a gun! Everybody get down! My voice is about to break. Everybody scatters. Bro, I didn't know if this was like the Outsiders. He's got Golden Boy and Pony. This is the Sharks and the Jets. And they all run away. When you're a drunk, you're a drunk all the way. (laughs) From the first time you're... Parent put wine on their thumb and let you suck it off. All right, let's end this first chapter. El Bingeroso, he gets everybody back together. All the missing in action, lone soldiers. <laughs> they're hiding in alleyways after they hear the gunshots. <laughs> it's a good time. Tucker, once again, drives home drunk. Chapter two, everyone has that friend. This one's a compilation, if you will. Of all of his best blowjob stories, he's comparing it to writing. <laughs> okay, cool. When well done, it's amazing. When done improper, it's not even worth it. <laughs> I'm not giving that a soundboard. Like, the pizza analogy is the one you always hear Sex is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. I'm a boy. This is the same exact analogy. He turned it on its head. Even when it's good, it's still bad, you negative fuck. Be grateful for your toothy-ass blowjobs. Even the ones I would not turn away, those vampire canid-ass scrapers I've gotten. These guys are graduating college now, trying to move the timeline along a little bit. Summer after graduation, (laughs) Tucker meets a girl called Miss Chokes on Dick. We'll call her Jane. Jane was giving subpar sloppy-toppy, no rhythm, no enthusiasm. Just a dry mouth of scraping teeth. Round two, he invites her over for some dome, and Jane vomits all over him. I've had this before. You got vomit. It's warm. It drips down your gooch off your bungus. (laughs) Try it. Blowjob Betty was another girl that he had to replace Jane with. Hopefully this girl isn't thrown up. He said after Betty would blow him, she would burp. (laughs) Ew. Imagine a chick. That was a real salty one, babe. Ew. <laughs> Tucker said that he had to give blowjob Betty the Heimlich maneuver once from choking on his own nut. What? I don't have a joke for that. His nut is so congealed that it could choke a woman. I do like getting head from a girl who's willing to bruise her own esophagus with your penis. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has that friend. For Tucker, it was this guy, Slingblade. He met at Duke University Law School. He was a good-looking guy. one, had a shaved head, and Owen Wilson-liked crooked nose. His apartment had a total of five pieces of furniture. His room, Slingblade, with a bed and desk surrounded by 100 action figures. He was in his room most of the day, blah, 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 blah. He knew all the problems about decaying plastic and mint-conditioned toys, but he still couldn't get laid. Try to pick up some sex toys, Slingblade. Tucker and him like to have arguments about nothing. You know what you do at a bar. They're talking about the Mick Griddle, and the Sling Blade responds, If you ever speak ill of the Mick Griddle again, I will personally force-feed you one while I fuck you in the butt using the wrapper as a condom and then donkey punch you when the infused syrup nugget implodes in your mouth. That guy's pretty passionate about McRiddles. What would he do about a chick that gets between the two? Tucker takes a detour to say, we grew up together. I noticed at this time that uh, I was really messed up from a high school girlfriend who cheated on me. Cool, Tucker. (laughs) It's him trying to say I'm getting over it by sleeping with a bunch of women. He cited the Groucho Marx line, I wouldn't want to be part of a club that wanted me as a member. I wouldn't want to be with a girl who would even want to sleep with me. Figure it out, Tucker. I disdained whorish female behavior and disdained stupidity. That's a catch-22 of getting no ass. You better be able to put up with whorish tube tops and stupid yaws. After graduation, he's living in D.C. He's working 70 hours a week. He's saying the only joy that me and my boy Slingblade had was playing video games. Tucker is trying to take him out to the bars in Clarendon. Been there. (laughs) It's like outside of D.C. Those people like to drink. Anyway, Tucker, he's getting head from a chick, and she's saying, you're only with me because I'm hot. (laughs) Yeah, and the sky is blue. So he's going, the drunker I get, the hotter girls get. I'm not seeing any downsides here. <laughs> Tucker's becoming a philosopher. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. He's saying, well, if the more I drink, the hotter girls get, I'm never going to be sober again. As you know, I'm kind of a gamer. He figured out the formula, the meta. <laughs> get really drunk, and you could put up with whorish behavior and stupidity. Tucker opens with this chick at the bar. She's kind of big, but she was saying that she was a model. Slingblade comes over and says, "You know there's no shame in being a plus-sized model." <laughs> Slingblade is the cockblock of the century. And Tucker's trying to turn that friend, the cockblocker into the best wingman ever. They go home to a girl's place one time, both of them, two-on-two action. They have a jacuzzi. Slingblade is threatening to leave the girls if they deny to kiss him. <laughs> that friend, the roommate is being a total cock blocker. You know, Tucker can't hook up with his girl because that girl doesn't want to hook up with Slingblade, And so they're all going to have to just have a celibate sleepover. <laughs> in the morning, Tucker dropped a gargantuan 20-beer upper-decker and left a note with Sharpie. That's what you get if you're not going to put out, ladies. I'm going to leave a 20-pound shit in your toilet. <laughs> Slingblade didn't quite get up as early and he was the first one to see the horse shit this is like the best story ever bro and you can't do this anymore now that social media exists i did pee in a girl's uh what's that called a trash can once i couldn't find the the doorknob and i was freaking out i was it was a bad situation i was about to pee on her so i just went in the thing and at least i took out the bag in the morning of piss Next time I'm going to shit in a girl's medicine cabinet. <laughs> I used to say on stage, the porcelain panini. You shit on the seat and then close it up for someone else to open. <laughs> no more laughing. <laughs> My point here for the chapter, everyone has that, friend. Hookups cannot be as risky. Every time you go to the bar now, a chick hits you with, Is this you? She already has your social media pulled up. Like, I want to take a dump in your kitchen food processor. Can we not do minority report at the bar? Slingblade, he keeps hooking up with women. The end of the line came when a chick insulted one of his Batman figurines, and then he kicked her out. And then he's like, this game is not for me. Tucker, you can stay on the battlefield. I'm getting married. Another one bites the dust. Press F in the chat. Pour one out for Sling Blade. Moving along to Chapter 3, Tucker Max Charity Debacle. He's such a good guy. He's doing charity. Starts us with a story of him hogging <laughs> yeah, to humanize himself, I guess. If big is beautiful, there should be nothing wrong with going out on the lookout for that. Hogging. I do not approve. Tucker said it's a rite of passage as an American male to have the, where are my pants? Wake up. (laughs) What zoo enclosure did I just wake up in? I got to confuse the neurons, baby. Stay vigilant. As a joke, Tucker put a date application on his website. At the time, there were 20 people a day visiting. If he was lucky two weeks in, he gets a girl moving from work to his city. So him and his buddy hate send pictures. Yeah, they get her to go out to a bar with him. (laughs) Three bears in. She's asking if he was a player. And Tucker's like, well, players have sex for the sake of having sex. And then he asks her, are you a player? Why do we have sex? What does this word even mean? Player. Let me go deeper with that. You're not wanting to have a relationship, so why wouldn't a girl just say that? Do you want a relationship? Are you a player? Can I put you in this box in my mind and then talk shit at my brunch? do you want a relationship that would have been an easier conversation he knows he could pull it off Tucker he, this girl's one of the tricky ones she has searching for a relationship in her bio you could still get with those girls <laughs> so she winds up finding it attractive that he's not giving up on her mere minutes after they get back to his place she says I'm not going to sleep with you you know she has such conviction even though she's back at his apartment already <laughs> it's so funny It's like someone who goes into a donut shop. I'm going to be good. And then they get 10 glazed vanilla fill. You know what I'm saying here. It's just funny. (laughs) The roommate's hear Tucker, hooking up with this chick. And, you know, he's making it a point to himself to hook up with her, even though she's not the most beautiful woman. She's beautiful in her own way. And she's asking to meet everyone. Tucker's going, you know, my roommate's... They're sick. They all came down with something. Let's get you out of here. They're evil. They're unsavory. You wouldn't want to meet them. (laughs) As soon as she left, Tucker goes back up to the apartment. What the heck happened? Did you drop a bowling ball down the stairs? Bro, did I hear a faint trombone in the distance? Hit him with all the fat jokes. I think he's trying to do another... Asshole symbolism here. This is Tucker's charity auction. You gotta give some dick charity out once in a while. Fuck up, fuck down. <laughs> May of 2000, Tucker moves to San Francisco with Slingblade, Palo Alto. They're gonna go actually use their degrees. Quote, I was a paper jockey and hated the very nature of the job. No outlets to get drunk to cope. First day of orientation... He hooks up with another aspiring Esquire. They go out for drinks as easy as pie. Tucker says he goes on information.com. It's the Yelp for legal people, and he's, like, using it as a dating app. (laughs) Gotta get smart, baby. The first days of Tinder, that's when the harvest was ready to be sowed. You know, gotta be on the cutting edge. This obviously is not going to play well in the professional landscape. Tucker says, next morning, still drunk, I was sat down next to my hiring manager, who said, you're coming up on people's radar. It's not a good look. (laughs) Tucker's like, I'm doing my work. I busted a venture capitalist stock option with a legal clause that you taught me. Hiring manager is like, no one actually cares how much work you do at work. This is a communist social hierarchy. Keep your mouth shut (laughs) and wear your gray jumpsuit. Do not cause any attention. You're not allowed to bang a fucking co-worker who's a higher class than you because that would destroy the entire hierarchy. You know what I'm saying? These are very chaste places. They'd like for you to get married to someone else that's in a cubicle because then you're in their farm forever. I'm sounding like an anti-work fuck. But I'm saying workplaces are communist. It's more nuanced. You're not allowed to fuck in the workplace. End of story. That's why there's all these, like, don't date in the office videos. Every place I work, you have to watch ten fucking harassment videos. Sex can rearrange hierarchies. It's too powerful. Sleep with your boss. That's my only point. Ten years at the firm? Nah, I'm going to sleep with your wife. (laughs) The same night Tucker gets yelled at, one of the training officers (laughs) bring him back up to her office to turn the lights off I guess she forgot Tucker not he- adhering to the advice end of the chapter he's getting so drunk at some of these work functions that th- he's like on the track to being fired so he's living it up he goes to a charity auction and he bets $2,800 on a painting this was a lot of money at the time and it was more money than he even made that summer at the firm <laughs> Everybody thinks he's the man now. Like one of the bigger ups at the law firm who's outside of their little social hierarchy office. They're like, keep doing what you're doing. I know HR is pissed off. We like that you're making a little bit of waves. A couple weeks go by. Tucker winds up getting fired. Goes all in on his website. He says, I'm infamous in the legal world to this day. <laughs> Chapter four, quite the vacation. Second to last, Tucker bragging about how many women he's been with. He's uh, saying in the 30s, you're starting to forget some last names. In the 60s, you forget first names. In the 90s, you'll forget entire people. (laughs) Jesus. He met a girl named Candy in Cancun. She was an Asian girl, 5'3", Vietnamese, still in college. He flew her back to his place. They had butt sex until she bled. Very nice detail. That always confused me how scientists will... You can only get AIDS from gay butt sex. What's different between the male and the female ass? Now I sound like a sissy boy. (laughs) I need that they them bussy. Tucker said his balls ached by the end of the weekend. And they both played out all of their fantasies. He's saying on the topic of vacations, one trip is a defining moment in every man's life. Las Vegas. Tucker flies out to L.A. to meet up with his buddy, Junior. <laughs> they make the drive four hours, stopping at every single in and out on the way. They go to a strip club, then hit the Bellagio there by 1 a.m. The girls that were working the tables were saying that they rolled the dice for eight hours, two until 10 a.m., he starts blacking out hangover style. Tucker is saying, "There's a flash of me at Cirque des Soleil. There's a flash of me gambling at the high rollers table." He finally comes to Sunday morning, and he's in a janitor closet, banging out a chick, skin slapping skin. It's the first thing you hear coming out of a blackout. He also said that weeks following, he had a memory come back to him that he had sex in an elevator. And when it opened on the gambling room floor, everybody was cheering for him. (laughs) That totally happened. I had sex in an elevator in college, and when the doors opened, there was an RA there. (laughs) So we had to run out. Now, people cheered for me. He said that he was able to convince a couple people that he was a Swedish rapper. And then he went up into a penthouse and had an orgy. (laughs) Yeah, Tucker! Bro, that's what you gotta do. Like, wear the high-vis vest. Especially in a place like Las Vegas. Nobody knows who you are. Mm. I read this creepy story once where a bunch of hot girls go to Las Vegas. They get invited to a pool party on the roof. And then get invited to this millionaire's penthouse. And he's doing magic tricks for them. And one girl's going, he looks so perfect. He's so perfectly groomed. How is he doing this? He's giving us millions of dollars and free night stays. I think this guy might be the devil. And then as soon as she thinks that, the guy goes... This next card trick is so good, you might think I'm the devil. Las Vegas, that's where the devil would go for vacation. (laughs) After that trip, Tucker is taking more vacations. He goes to Austin with the boys. Okay, we're not doing the entire Austin, Texas hype. I lived on 13th Street East Austin for months. What is this place? It's an entire... <laughs> Why aren't the billionaires buying property there? It's a real estate bubble. Barton Creek, that's where the party's actually at. And, uh yes, yeah, so they ran down a rainy street naked in Austin. <laughs> Very fun. Tucker said he lives in Austin now and it hasn't been the same since, so he's actually being truthful about it. Point for Tucker. El Bingeroso at this point says to Tucker, you know, I think we should make a movie. So I guess we have El Bingeroso to blame for the downfall of Tucker. (laughs) Chapter 5, The Book Tour. April 23rd, 2005, Tucker topped all his stories with what he thought to be the impossible. It was actually a pretty bad story. There were two girls with breast cancer, met them at another benefit. And he had sex with both of them at the same time, going from room to room. Classic sitcom. I would go party at Penn State. We called this playing through, where you... (laughs) It's basically sexual assault. If I say this over the mic, then it's forever. Yeah, you switch partners with a girl in the middle of sex. It's all dark. Nobody knows what's happening. The ladies are into it. Yeah, Tucker is swinging with chicks who have breast cancer. Live life while you can. While this is all looked at as blue humor and smut, this is life, baby. And by the way, what was I just talking about? The movie deal? That kind of is what he put all of his eggs into one basket. Tucker, you could see him on some, like, podcasts now. He's talking to other authors. He was too soon. He was ahead of his time. And while he made, I think I looked up his net worth is, like, six million dollars. It's all about the brand deals. So truly, and all these hard seltzers weren't around when Tucker was doing his tire, so he wasn't able to fully cash out. So I'm saying he's a genius. He's ahead of his time, but he's not the entrepreneurial genius because the market just wasn't there yet. I'm saying I think he probably could get away with a movie because movies suck in today's world did anybody see thor that was actually unwatchable this summer that was supposed to be the biggest blockbuster and they put the screaming goats i had to leave the theater i don't do that ever i'm in a trance when i'm in the theater this shit shook me out of it how are you putting your name on this marvel what the fuck (laughs) yeah i'm saying tucker could have been big news nowadays except for he's basically just a whore with a podcast so he hit the mark when he could Tucker is not ready to give away the lifestyle just yet on his book tour. He went on a speed dating event. He's going, you continuously move through women. You got three minutes to try to make them laugh and then move on to the next one. So basically you try out as many lines as you can. And then when you're on chick number 30, you're fucking tight, bro. You're on super date mode. (laughs) He said he left in two hours with 20 numbers You're not going to get that at the bar. If girls see you hopping around like that, then you get written off. Speed dating, that's the only acceptable place to sling. What the hell? He broke the code. He's saying, I know all the hacks and I have the chutzpah. It's time to sell the book. Him and slingblade they go on the road to do the tour. Book signings were 30% female and the boys were throwing him under the bus. (laughs) Isn't Tucker such a jerk I go out all the time and I don't actually write about it damn and he's saying Slingblade was hooking up with all the chicks while he had to entertain the fanboys he had sex with two chicks on his tour bus at Athens Georgia that's his biggest following oh my god I want to take my fucking vanarchy tour eventually down to Tallinn all these southern places (laughs) work at a bar That's the real deal. I'll give you one more jewel of advice because Tucker isn't here. Final chapter. The economy of sex is better in college towns. I live in CU Boulder. (laughs) People actually value good-lookingness. When there's no money to college kids, you know, it's not real. It doesn't exist yet. So as soon as a chick is 24 years old, they only care about your credit. So if you live in a college, you can actually just be fit and use your body to have fun and have sex life hack sling Blade started to write a blog because tucker is saying life after tour that's what his website becomes he said it took all of everything he had had out of him emotionally and physically all these motherfuckers on tour all they do is complain I think Neil Strauss is better at this. He's still touring. He's still ghostwriting and putting out his own books. You know, Neil Strauss is talking to Alex Jones right now. Let's go! Yeah, he's going to have to make another appearance on the show. (laughs) Neil Strauss is like having a third leg of his career, whereas Tucker Max is just retiring to Austin. You see a lot of celebrities do that. (laughs) Neil... Strauss, he's still fighting it in L.A. I think his website is still an active hookup forum. Legend. Tucker Carlson, Tucker Max, he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of hookup. Guy sold 1,600 books on a single tour. It's many more than us ever will. we got to give it up, ladies and gentlemen. That was I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. Thank you, the listener, for being here for another edition of Nick's Nonfiction. Seriously, YouTubers, thank you for being here. Hit the bell notification because my video isn't even being shown to my subscribers anymore. That's a fun topic for another day. Seriously, hit the bell, subscribe, like, share. Next time on the show, seven short days. You've got more free information. This book, we have got ADHD. You know we got it. Ha, ha. Oh, we got it. ADHD. Why do people have different attention spans? How do we even treat ADD in schools? I don't want to fucking start unloading on you guys. This is going to be an interesting book. A-D-H-D. We're going to talk about schooling children and, of course, how to perfect using your own mind. There it is. Go out. For the end of summer, perfect your body. Go out and fuck people. Try not to drink and drive. Harry Schwann on Instagram, Patreon.com/slash/the_niche. We get a random soundboard effect. To take us home. Hamburger. Tucker Max. I hope they serve beer in hell. Nick Munez signing off. I love you all. See you next week. Peace.